0: Ladies and gentlemen, one of our favorite places here in Chico to get craft beer and food is The Handlebar.
1: Johnny, tell everybody a little bit more about that place. They've got a great happy hour every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m. where you're gonna get some money off cocktails and craft beer, as well as half off bottles of wine. Can't beat that, it's a screaming deal. They've got excellent food, a family-friendly patio. What more could you need? Yep, that's The Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street, right here in Chico. Why don't we begin? This
0: is is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, and welcome to the show. This is Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast and sometimes radio show based in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi.
1: I'm Johnny Summers. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. This week on the show, we have our review of the new Netflix film, Army of the Dead, from director, writer, cinematographer, best boy, Zack Snyder. (laughs) Uh, We've also got beers from Bike Dog Brewing out of Sacramento. The first is a West Coast IPA called Dog Year's. And the second is a hazy IPA called Without End. Yeah, like I said, the the full format of our show is a
0: podcast, but if you are listening on the radio waves on KZFR 90.1 FM, you're gonna be hearing our review of that first beer and the first portion of our discussion of Army of the Dead, which if you haven't had a chance to see on Netflix will be spoiler free for anybody who hasn't seen it. That said, if you do wanna hear that full podcast conversation, you can find our show, this episode and more than 200 others, all the way back to 2016 at any of the following locations.
1: In your SoundClouds, your Spotifys, and your Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a rating or a review, or any other place that quality pomcasts are found. Sure. Uh,
0: if you're a social media person, you can find us on Instagram and Letterboxd and Untapped. You can; Those are all different things that you might know if you're into those things. There's ways to look at our photos and our film reviews and our beer reviews,
1: and we are at Fresh Hop Cinema at all of those places. That's right. And for all of that stuff uh, crammed into a magnificently curated digital mansion. Check out our virtual podcast home at freshhopcinema.com. If you want to write us with more than a sentence or two, or even would like to send in voice memo perhaps mm, mm. with your, your smartphone and maybe an email, you send that to FHCcast at gmail.com. We read it. We love you. We'll talk about it. We might even play it. Fair. Okay. Let's talk about Patreon for people that don't know.
0: It's a way to support this show for a dollar an episode, $3 an episode, $5 an episode. It's a tiered donation type system where we give you fun stuff in return for showing us your gratitude in the form of money. Um, and to all of our patrons right now, we actually, for the first time in, I'm going to say months have not recorded bonus content before recording this main episode. So Johnny, I don't even know if we've talked about it. I think it'll be a fun one this week because we might just end the regular show and be like, let's talk about whatever we feel like talking about by the end of the podcast exactly Uh, as long as you're okay with that i think it'll be a fun probably spicy random one. where if you just like hearing our voices you can find more of that on patreon going all the way back basically to when we started this podcast in 2016 we have top five lists last week we did a top five of our favorite heist movies um which weirdly would have worked for this week also um but we've done all sorts of stuff yeah going back years years at this point there's must, there's hundreds there's hundreds of bonus contents on there you guys could just eat your little hearts out again that's patreon.com Slash Fresh Hop Cinema, if you want to go, it's super easy to sign up, and like for the cost of four bucks a month, you can support our show, and it makes our hearts real warm and happy, and we would love a you forever, I think, right? And our wallets real chubby. Sure, yeah, keep those wallets <laughs> chubby. Okay, Johnny Summers, that is the housekeeping. I believe that's all we had to cover before we get into this. Uh, you picked out beers this week. You picked out the brewery. You picked out two different beers, like you said, Bike Dog. I don't know much about these beers, so I'm hoping
1: you can tell me a little bit uh, about about Dog Years, our first beer. Yeah, man. Let's get into the fun part. Let's let's drink some beers. That's why we started this thing, being silly geese drinking beers in your kitchen. Ah, the good days. All right. So, Bike Dog, we haven't revisited them. I haven't personally in quite a long time, and I don't think we've ever done them on the show. I looked into it, couldn't find mm. much of a record, mm-hmm. and also they are now home to one Kyle Letty that just recently left New Glory and oh, is cool. now a head brewer at Bike Dog. Hey, so- Kyle. I figured this would be a fun time. He's kind of a friend of the show. It'd be fun to see what he's doing over there. And since both of these beers were canned within the last month or two, safe to say these might have his fingerprints on them. So a little bit of background on Bike Dog. (coughs) Mm. This is the story of four friends and coworkers who turned their shared passion for bikes, dogs, and brewing into one of the most redundantly named craft breweries in the world, at Bike Dog, we're serious about beer, but not about ourselves. So come have a drink with us at our brewery and dog-friendly tasting room in West Sacramento or at their new tap room on Broadway in Sacramento. Pretty stoked. Never been to either. So I think, uh, depending on how these beers go, maybe something I need to keep on my radar a little bit more is places that I work into the rotation when I'm hopping breweries down there. Yeah, so, dude. have you ever been to a Bike Dog?
0: No, and I actually didn't. I, for some reason, I had it in my brain that it was like near Reno. I don't know why. Um... It's a shame because like I drive through, I was in Sacramento this week. Um, I've had a bit totally. of a, like, a travel kind of week, but still like I didn't know it was there. Like Sacramento um, and the greater Sacramento area is a pretty bumping hotspot for breweries these days. Not that in-
1: bike dogs particularly new, but like I'm just learning about more breweries in the area. They're not, but there's a lot of hype around these guys right now. And I'm really curious to see if it's living up to the hype I'm hearing. So let's let's test the hype with our mouths. What say you? Let's do it, man. Okay, beer number one called Dog
0: Years. That's all I know because the can's in front of me and I could read it, but you've put it in our notes this week. So tell me a little bit about this West Coast IPA.
1: That's right. This this thing clocks in at 7%. There were no IBUs available, but I'm going to assume it's bitter. Maybe we'll take a guess and make up our own rating. Sure. And from the can, it says, a clean and delicious IPA with an initial citrus sweetness, journeying through flavors of peppery crackers, honey, resin, and cantaloupe. Mm. So it's kind of saying all the right things, including West Coast. For me, I mean, this one, I I wanted to do a West Coast and and a Hazy just to get like a full you know, some range. Let's see what these guys are about. So obviously I'm going to start with the one that I want to drink more. Sure. That is dog ears. It looks gorgeous. Have you d- tasted it? Smelled it? Yeah. I just poured it. I first drank
0: also like super, super clean and light, which kind of caught me off guard. Maybe it was just the, the introduction of the peppery cracker flavor description. You said that I was kind of expecting something a little spicier, Um, but this is pretty clean and really light. Doesn't drink necessarily like 7%. Although I guess I could be convinced seven's kind of in that sweet spot for me. We're like, this could be a really big feeling beer or kind of small. And this feels definitely on the, on the less, uh, less aggressive side, as far as like, it's not kicking any doors down at parties. It's kind of sneaking in.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, especially when we drink a bunch of craft beer all the time, it's kind of like 7% used to feel a lot bigger. And now it's like, okay, cool. I mean, this is, (laughs) it's not as daunting of a number. You know, I think once you get out of drinking like 5%, beers all the time it's it's sure. really not that intimidating that's it's a pretty standard abv for a west coast ipa i would say i like this beer quite a bit it's really smooth i definitely see like the pepperiness uh i was concerned with the words initial citrus sweetness mm-hmm. because i don't want my ipas to be like super sweet up front and yeah. i feel like that's it's very vague in its citrusy sweetness, I would definitely not have have labeled that like right up front. It's it's there's some pithiness there, but there's definitely not like a big orange citrusy sweetness that I would have called out right at the front. Are yeah, you getting well, more just bitterness up front.
0: N- so I get I get definitely some citrus. I don't know that I would call it cit- citrus sweetness necessarily. Like that's a weird branding move, I think. But what is jumping out to me is on in the citrus uh, spectrum is like a lemon, like a lemon quality, like. A real sort of almost like a lemon grass, like a light sort of, yeah, like like tart tart lemon, you know, not like a yeah. myron, but like a real tart lemon that I think okay. is is pairing pretty nicely with the bitterness that this IPA is offering.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I I'm with you. It's not not orangey, not that at all. No, but I think maybe them not being 100 percent accurate with the the advertising helps this beer out a little bit because I was expecting yes. it to be sweeter than it is. Pleasantly surprised that it's not. It is super well balanced with a nice bitterness. I mean, it's it's mellow, pithy, a little zesty, but I wouldn't call it sweet. Uh, definitely get some of the peppery cracker resin for sure. It's yank. Yes. It's you know, yeah, like yours. hop resin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Well, which Pot I resin. That, let's
0: let's distinguish because I think those are different. I mean, they're very similar sometimes, but I think in a beer like this, I think the distinguishment should probably be made. Like this isn't to me terribly weedy. You know?
1: No, it's it's definitely like a little piney.
0: Yeah. Like that hop that whatever the differences are, if you like put like a really weed danky kind of IPA versus a really like bright citrusy piney one. You call them both resinous kind of, but they're very different descriptors, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think the first thing that you would really key in on in defining something like that is the smell. Hundred percent. This does not have like a dank smell at all. This one like. It has a really mellow nose for as big and bitter bitter as it is. I was expecting it to smell a lot more aggressive. Dude, uh, it's, the, it, yeah, it smells like a, like, I'm maybe going out on a limb here, but to me it smells almost like like a wheat beer with an attitude, you know? Seriously, yeah, it doesn't have, like, an IPA nose, mm-hmm. which I think probably, I mean, so much of your sense of taste is linked to your s- smell. Like, yeah. maybe that helps with it not being overpoweringly bitter because you're not getting that big, dank like smoky for sure smell but i like this beer a lot i think it's super balanced and really drinkable i love that it's fresh i mean this was canned what i want to say april 8th or april 23rd something Mm -hmm. like that six weeks or so for us oh actually sorry this was canned on 518 oh sweet so like a week for us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this wow, is like a okay. week old. That's great, man. This, yeah, And th- that was another reason I wanted to grab this. Luckily, Kevin at Spikes let me know, like, hey, I got so many stuff in the back that hasn't made it on the shelf yet. Shout out. And there was like six cases of Bike Dog that hadn't made it to the shelf. And I'm like, ooh, you're like a week old. Yeah, you're going on the show. What's up? Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's it's a super drinkable beer. I I, I know that like in Chico last week for the weekend, I think it was over the weekend, we just had like thunderstorms and it was mm-hmm. raining. Uh, but you would never know that going outside today. Do you know? Do you happen to know? I feel like you know this off the top of your head, like how hot it is today.
1: Oh, God. I think it was supposed to be like 87, 89 today. God,
0: I'm going to melt this summer because I, I would have bet money on like 90 plus. Yeah. The high is
1: only 86 today. Good on me. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a problem was, uh, for the future. It's 101 on Sunday, though. What? That sucks. Yeah. Uh, I won't actually be here
0: on Sunday. I'm leaving the continental United States, but we can talk about that in hot and bothered later in the show. What I was going to say is that this is a great summer feeling beer. Um, granted, yeah, like we're in late May, so I guess technically not summer yet, but warm weather, like this is a super drinkable thing, which is that weird line that these 7% beers can tow because sometimes a seven or seven, you know, seven to 7.5% beer can feel way too heavy. And I'm like, I would not touch this with a ten foot pole in the summertime. But this one, I'm like, I might grab this by accident and accidentally drink too many.
1: Right? Yeah. No, this would be a great beer to pound when it's super hot and you're all sweaty. Totally. Yeah. And I get you though. It feels like summer a lot cheek chic- a lot sooner in Chico than most places. It really does, man. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk negatives. You got anything you don't like about Dog Years? Um, not too many negatives, man. This is a really solid beer. I think it, it it finishes from the only thing I might pick out is it finishes a little bit dry and. Um, a little bitter like on the palate like it doesn't necessarily have that flavor that makes me want to immediately drink it again Mm -hmm. but i mean that's not something that a lot of west coast ipas do so that's true can not even really count that as like a full flaw that's like a that's like a half a flaw that's like half a point okay but i mean yeah overall this is a really solid beer i think if you can get this fresh i would put it up against most ipas coming out of northern california right now honestly all right that's I don't totally disagree.
0: I don't even think I. I don't think I disagree at all. That's yeah, fair. It's a super solid beer. I, there's nothing jumping out at me either. I'm, this is like real solid. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't have that sort of wow factor that some do for me. Um, I hate that I keep going back to Mayberry from El Segundo, but it is. It just left such a strong impression on both of us. So it's kind of my go-to. Like, well, Max, uh, that's why things are a ten. I know. So like, like, that's the standard. Yeah. So like, this isn't doing that for me. It doesn't have that magic sort of bow sort of thing. But it's still real real good man i'm stoked we're drinking this first like we've had over the past uh few months like i know we've had some that we were just like this is this is not good um Mm -hmm. and this is this is the opposite of that this is good it's very good i think i agree i'm ready to rate it i am too why don't you go first uh for me this beer is an 8.1 all right 8.1 very good uh how far would you travel for this beer sir since that is your scale Probably not farther than Sacramento. It's, well, lucky for you, you don't have to. In case it wasn't exactly. getting distro here, that's as far as you'd have to go.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, our 20-minute drive, when you can pop in here, you can go to places like Fieldwork, maybe hit Slice on the way that's home. That's what I'm saying. That's so cool. You know? And then New Glory, obviously. Sure. in Track 7, even. There's, eh. there's a lot of good stuff in Sacramento right now. I've never been to Track 7. I like a lot of their beers, surprisingly. there's. Why do you say surprisingly? Because... Like, I'm surprised that I like a lot of their peers. It surprises me. Something I don't they know. Make- yeah,
0: I feel like their panic IPA is kind of, it made its rounds. It was real popular for, I feel like a couple years there, maybe two years ago. Um, and I just don't care. I was never wowed by it. Like it was fine, I guess, but it was always on tap and it was kind of always old. So I never, I never latched to track seven and by, by product proxy, I mean, uh, never went to the brewery when I was in Sac. So maybe I'll change that if you really stand by it.
1: Um, I think that the brewery in Natomas is nice. I okay. think Natomas itself is nice. It's a nice part of Sacramento. Um it's, you know, definitely on like the northern outskirts of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I think it's it'd be worth a pop in at the very All right. Excuse me. At the very least, plus Track Seven's made some really cool like one-off beers, okay. like some some brewery only releases that I think were would be worth it, but uh I think definitely Bike Dogs worth it. I want them to get down there. I'm looking forward to checking out their spots. All right. Well, for me, dog years is a seven,
0: seven out of 10. I think it's really good. Um, I Yeah. Like I would for sure grab it again. If somebody had it and brought it to a, a summer barbecue type event and there were this and a smattering of other local IPAs, I would feel very confident reaching for this first or second. It's
1: super solid, man. I like it a lot. Me too. It's good stuff. It's a good start from bike dog. Today. Absolutely. It is strong showing. All right. You've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. You get a chance to try Dog Gears from Bike Dog. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Please give us an old email or a voice memo at the email at fhccast at gmail.com.com Dot com. Dot com. Or, <laughs> cam. Or find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema. Let us know what's happening in your life.
0: Yeah, we tease this at the top of the show. We are covering the the latest and maybe greatest, maybe not, film from Zack Snyder called Army of the Dead. It came to Netflix recently. We're going to talk about it without spoiling it right after this trailer, so don't go anywhere. Mr.
1: Ward, how would you like to make $50 million? There's $200 million in the vault beneath the strip with a 32-hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. It's
0: not too late to go back. If you're gonna play the game, boy, you gotta learn you can play right. Again, that was a trailer for Army of the Dead. Let me assume my my best narrative trailer voice. <clears throat> Give me like the inner world. That's exactly what- I mean, man, you get me. That's exactly what I was gonna do. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, what's this synopsis from, by the way? You put this in here. Just this, just, I believe, is from Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. <clears throat> from filmmaker Zack Snyder. Army of the Dead takes place following a zombie outbreak that has left Las Vegas in ruins and walled off from the rest of the world. When Scott Ward, played by David Batista, a displaced Vegas local former zombie war hero who's now flipping burgers on the outskirts of town he now calls home, God, this is a run-on sentence, is approached by casino boss Bly Tanaka, played here by Hiroyuki Sanada. It's worth the ultimate proposition. It is also with the ultimate proposition. Break into the zombie-infested quarantine zone to retrieve $200 million, sitting in a vault beneath the strip before the city is nuked by the government in 32 hours, driven by the hope that the payoff could help pave the way to a reconciliation with his estranged daughter Kate, played by Ella Purnell, Ward takes on the challenge, assembling
1: a ragtag team of experts for the heist. That's right. This movie was directed by Zack Snyder. It was written by Zack Snyder. The cinematographer (laughs) was Zack Snyder. He did the catering. He actually cooked all the food. He held the boom. He did the makeup. It's insane. I don't think that's true. He did a lot. Basically, we're saying this is Zack Snyder's vision. <laughs> yes. Through and through. This film,
0: like I said, stars Dave Bautista as Scott Ward. His daughter, for some reason, is along on this mission. Her name's Kate. She's played by Ella Purnell. Omari Hardwick plays this dude named Vanderhoe. Uh, Anna de La Guerra plays Maria Cruz. is an old friend of uh, Scott's. They, they've they all known each other over the years, and this is like, gotta get a team together for this, this potential suicide mission, whatever. Theo Rossi plays Burt Cummings. Johnny, go ahead and take that if you are feeling good about German. Matthias
1: Zweigenhofer.
0: Wonderful. He plays Dieter. He's, he's the guy that has never once dreamed of going in to kill a zombie, but he knows how to pick locks and crack safe, so they gotta bring him along. There's this gal named uh, the Coyote, or Lily, and she's played by Nora Arnizetter. And then again, Hiroyuki Sanada, who's having a good year with this in Mortal Kombat, plays Bly Tanaka, the mastermind rich guy that sort of hires them all to go in and, and take on this, this impossible mission.
1: That's right. This dropped in theaters and on netflix on the same day may 21st i think it might have come out a week earlier in theaters but uh either way dropped on netflix for streaming at home may 21st friday and it is two hours 28 minutes long (laughs) rated r for everything you could think it would be rated r for man i was thinking about this as i watched this because because we'll talk Zack
0: snyder filmography in a minute here i imagine but there's no i don't think there's a 90 minute Zack snyder movie that exists and I realized the reason for that is because he probably writes a normal length script and then half, literally like half of his movie is in slow motion. And it just drags out every moment, man. Yeah, that so was so like much the j- slow
1: mo in his movies. That was the joke that the Snyder cut of the, the event, what, not the Avengers. Uh, whatever, uh, Justice the, League. Justice League would have been an hour shorter Dude, if there wasn't slow motion. He
0: loves slow motion. Like it's, it's his favorite thing. And I, <laughs> I like and we'll talk about also the lenses they shot this on because it's got a specific look. Army of the Dead does. And it's like he finds one thing. He's like, "This is cool." You know how people say moderation? Not me. I I do everything just
1: all the time. I have like these three <laughs> things, and I love them.
0: And all I don't right, care if so, people think it's bad.
1: So we've established that Zack Snyder has uh, some serious commitment. But I, I want your overall thoughts. <laughs> give me give me your give me your little little two minute review on this bad okay, boy. Okay, it's not good. I don't like it a little. I don't like it at all. And I should
0: preface it by saying what you and I talked about when we decided to cover this, the idea of a heist movie in a, in a barren zombie landscape in Vegas of all places is a pretty cool, fun idea. My problem with this is that it's not really a fun movie. Like I didn't have fun watching it. And you, I think told me this too, when you were watching it, it does take like an entire first act of this two and a half hour movie to like really get into the zombie stuff. And it takes itself so seriously and I just couldn't get on board, like it's serious. And then they, they try to do some humor stuff and that didn't work for me either. A lot of it was ham-fisted. There's so much exposition in that first 45 minutes that you and I had a conversation where I was like, I don't think I'm gonna finish this. And you were like, finish it. I was like, okay, good point. Um, but there's <laughs> things that get set up, not resolved. There's things they just throw away. None of it's satisfying. I thought the acting was terrible. Some of the special effects were fun. And I think where Zach Snyder shines most of the time is in those slow motion shots that are just kind of still frames. And you get a very comic-y sense of one shot. And that stuff, there's some really cool visuals here in those kind of slow-mo moments. But for the most part, like, underwhelmed by the CGI, I thought the action kind of sucked. The way that they shot this was disorienting and hurt my eyes. And I think the soundtrack blew chunks also. So big big thumbs down for me are my initial thoughts. What about you, man? Army of the Dead, I think this was brought to my attention from you initially. Was there there the... uh, the payoff and excitement you were hoping for.
1: Yeah, I was very excited about this movie because it's well-documented. I love zombie movies. Sure. Um, kind of hot or cold on Zack Snyder. I go back and forth. But what I got from Army of the Dead was a movie with like multiple personalities, and they were all in crisis. Yeah. So, I mean, you have this zombie movie, survival, horror, K, okay, you've got that. Then you've got this heist movie mm-hmm. that's like, kind of comedy-ish but not Mm -hmm. like you said it kind of tried to take itself seriously and then like flipped on a dime and then tried to be funny and it's it was really frustrating because do one or do the other like if you're gonna make a serious zombie horror film do that don't give people dumb jokes and don't try for the humor like There's a middle ground that can be reached, but I felt like it was very, very forced in this Mm -hmm, movie. mm -hmm. And that middle ground was not landed on. And the third personality is this undercurrent of just drama. Like, we have like deadpan, serious drama in the middle of a zombie heist comedy. Can you can not you tell comedy. me a little
0: bit, what do you uh without spoiling I guess what anything specific cuz I think that I agree with you but I want to know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Well, I mean every person on the team it seems like has a really terrible relationship with Dave Batista. Oh, and he's using this time like in a bunker <laughs> trying to not get their faces eaten off That's to like true. you know, talk to his old girlfriend and reconcile with his daughter. Yeah. I should I should have been there. I know. I I'm like, dude, You guys are trying to not get your faces eaten off by a zombie tiger. Sure. Come on. I cannot take this expository drama seriously. So I felt like, for me, this movie did not stay in one lane. This movie was essentially a drunk driver on a five-lane freeway. It was hitting the rail. It was in the center divide. It hit a couple minivans. At one point, it tried to rob an armored truck for no reason because drunk. It was just all over the place. Like the direction of this movie is in serious question mm. for me. Like who's, you know, we established that this is Zack Snyder's vision through and through. Well, man, like I'm really questioning your abilities to have direction through and through on a good movie. Like this was so all over the place and straight up boring at times. God, it was and, so boring. And the action was a little bit lackluster and super predictable. like, uh, it got really old having every single person that handled a firearm do nothing but headshots for like an hour and yeah, a half. Are they like, ex- like,
0: they're like so good with it their was, guns.
1: <laughs> It was robotic and it was distracting. Like, I they know. never just winged a zombie, it was literally like bing, 100% bing, bing. accurate. And it just took me out of it because you're trying to make this feel gritty and real, and then also it's like you're watching someone do a speed run of like area 51 the the shooter from the arcades sure so dude so all over the place uh i have a lot of issues especially with the third act Um, classic yeah classic snyder right there just just yeah we'll get get to that in the danger zone but all i'm gonna say for now is this movie (sighs) pretty much was a waste of two and a half hours (laughs) you're telling me um I think we should mention this. It's
0: worth saying you brought up Dawn of the Dead or you brought up zombie movies, being a fan of zombie movies. And I just happen to know that you love Dawn of the Dead. Um, And there's been two Dawn of the Deads, by the way. There's like the classic 70s Romero, Dawn of the Dead. And there was a Mm -hmm. remake in, I think, 04, which was directed by Zack Snyder. The difference, among other things, is that it wasn't written by Zack Snyder. And it also wasn't, he wasn't the DP. And he didn't have as much creative control. They were basically like, here's the story. Here's some cameras that you don't get to put custom lenses on. You don't get to put rangefinder lenses. So everything except the person's face is super blurry. You just have to just, just go direct this thing that we've kind of put some limitations on. And I think the remake, the 2004 Dawn of the dead is, is pretty good as remakes. I like go, that movie. Yeah. It's totally fine. It gets a little silly at points because of some stuff. It doesn't matter. We don't talk about that movie in the mall is what I was going to say, but mm-hmm. like still arguably a pretty decent zombie film. And I think, Some of the wires that get crossed in this one in particular is like, it's the weird mashing of a heist film and a zombie film, like zombie films, scary, tense, dark action for sure. But action tinged with horror heist films, fun, exciting twists, action, but action tinged with more action. And he's trying to make like the zombie action, both kind of scary, but also kind of fun and action at the same time. And it just doesn't work at all Edgar
1: Wright Edgar Wright could have done it
0: Edgar Wright can do anything
1: he's a yeah, an well angel. I'm just like yeah. think about yeah, like a right. more serious horror and plot driven Shaun of the Dead
0: for sure like yeah yes and again like the idea of this
1: movie could be fun yeah in the in the hands of the right person I think exactly and that's why I was excited about it like on Me paper too. I was on board for this on paper sounds awesome in execution very very disappointing very disappointing I, th- I think we're both real cold on it Uh, I don't know how much more you want to get into.
0: I feel like I'm about there. Um, I, yeah, I I just, man, the way it's, I haven't seen a movie lately where I liked so many or I disliked so many core aspects of it. Like even in a movie that we talked, like the Guy Ritchie film from last week, like there were some things that were redeeming and, and that similarly had a lot of tonal issues like this one does, like where there was that segue in the middle or segment in the middle where it was like, got super dark and gritty, um, So I think comparisons can be made between the inconsistencies of both movies. But the difference is like I like in Wrath of Man, I was like, well, Jason Statham is fine here. He's doing way too extreme versions of himself. But like I like parts of that And here. It's like I didn't didn't like the cinematography. I didn't like the soundtrack. I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the writing. Like nothing really worked except for those like sort of uh, vignettes of moments that were kind of cool if I was digging for diamonds in the rough.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Also, there was a character that was cut out of this movie and all of that person's scenes were reshot and oh. they were shot alone. Did you know that all of TikTok's Taro, character? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I found that very distracting. A lot of times they weren't even like I know. <laughs> her character and Dave Bautista's character weren't even on the same like eye line. Like he was looking above yeah. her head while yeah. talking to her. They called her him a few times. It was just... Yeah, that part felt sloppy, too. Like, you know, everyone's going to hyper focus on that because it's a pretty high f- profile, like rewrite, reshoot, like recast. Yes. Do you know who the original actor was? It was Chris D'Elia. It was Chris D'Elia.
0: Yeah. Oh, Tig Notaro is a much better choice, I think. But, you know, I don't like Chris D'Elia. So, yeah.
1: A lot of people don't like Chris D'Elia yeah. right now. He's like, Oh, would something happen? He got canceled. That's why he got recast.
0: Oh, I just didn't like him because of his comedy, and his personality. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: A lot of people don't like him because he's gotten accused of grooming underage girls. That's pretty gross.
0: Yeah. Oh, which reminds me kind of of like, this is the last thing I think I want to talk about. And it's twofold. Um, it's like the political social implications that are kind of introduced in the beginning with um, like basically Las Vegas is evacuated and people that are not zombies are now living in like refugee camps. Which are vastly—they're treated so poorly, and so like yeah. that's clearly indicative of a lot of stuff going on in America. And they kind of introduce that, but then sort of just like never care once we leave, except for one character who is a security guard in that camp. He's a dude—I uh, don't know his name off the top of my head—but he played um, Shades in Luke Cage, yeah. And like, it brings up this problem with with this idea of these—we haven't really talked about the zombies. I'm sure we will in the Danger Zone, but they're not like totally brain dead walking slowly walking dead zombies they're like Mm -hmm. arguably kind of sophisticated society building zombies and i just don't understand like there's there's a payoff that you're expecting after we see the way this character in the refugee camps treats particularly the women in the camp Mm -hmm. and and you're like okay eventually we're gonna see like this guy get what's coming to him and um without saying too much i just i think it brings up a point like if this person now becomes a zombie aren't they sort of like brain dead kind of, so like they're not themselves. So the payoff would be worse because they're just a brain dead zombie. And if not, and we're supposed to find some satisfaction in that retribution, what what sort of ethical problems does that cause for us going in and just murdering all of these potentially sentient kind of almost not human, but like not mindless creatures. Like they, they introduce a lot of like, like there's a pregnant zombie and like there's some sensuality and like romance between these two. It's like, that's very humanizing. Why did you do this? And it doesn't really – they don't really challenge that system. They just kind of introduce it and leave us to wonder, mm-hmm. which is a real bummer because that would be an amazing thing to explore. I'd, I'd be into that. It's like – there's a few – like like um, what's the Will Smith movie with the zombies? I Am Legend. Yeah, like those zombies are like kind of smart, you know? And I think that's an interesting thing to explore. It, it's just – it's it makes you challenge sort of – what we consider monsters and like what monsters actually are. And like, are we the monsters? That's fascinating to me. I would watch a movie about that. And he almost teased me. Zack Snyder did with that concept in this movie. And then I was like, I was duped. I shouldn't have fallen for this. There's no way you're going to close that loop. Zack Snyder. I am a fool.
1: Yeah. I think one of the big things that was a recurring theme in this movie is things that are alluded to or downright exposited in this movie by characters that yeah. were never follow yeah, through on and follow through to on followed yeah through on on i know you get it i sure. just need to make sure that i'm not having a stroke all <laughs> yeah, right um yeah so you find that to be very frustrating just that there's no follow through they present ideas and things and they go nowhere and this like you said the idea of the refugee camp like this movie could have been something my and bro, that's,
0: I mean, that's what we talk about with horror movies. Like, they're the best when they're, like, commentating on the real world.
1: Like, that's great stuff. Love that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: yeah like, just, there's didn't.
1: that new one that you wanted to watch about, it starts off with, like, The Water Turning Green. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll think of the name of that, by which I yeah, mean, I will Google it. Yeah, and it's it. it's in theaters now. It's playing in Chico, and I oh. cannot wait to go see it. Yeah. Are you Googling it also? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm Googling something else. Um.
0: Yeah, dude, but, like, that's the thing, like, that's that's arguably the same format. I've only seen the trailer. And when we think of the name, I will say it. Um, but like, that's kind of like a zombie movie too. It's like a giant horde of people or, you know, mindless people that are set up to be like upset and disenfranchised because of a certain thing in society. And then we stipulate that these are, we'll just call them zombies. And then, you know, murder zombies, I guess. But I think I said this to you earlier, like um, the the idea of a bunch of I don't think it's a coincidence. This movie takes place in Vegas. Like I've spent enough time in casinos playing music. They're like, you go out on that gaming floor at the right time of night, or sometimes morning, like eight a.m. And you see people that have just been like, pressing the same button, chain smoking cigarettes all night. Those are not the farthest things from zombies I've ever seen. I'm like that's, Fact. that could have been good commentary too. There's so many avenues this film could have taken and been uh, t- explored. Some themes that related to modern life, and then they, just, they just 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 didn't.
1: <laughs> just like no thanks, yeah. never mind. I forgot, I guess. exactly. Well, unfortunately, we cannot rate movies on what they could have or should have been. We can I only know. rate them on what they were. And my friend, I think it's time to do just that with this here zombie flick. What do you think? It's. I agree. It's one of the worst movies I've seen in quite a
0: while. It may be one of the worst the, the most movies, the worst movies I've ever seen. It's possible, but not in a fun way. So I never want to see it again. I never want to think about it again. I barely want to talk about it more, except to point out more things that I really hated. So I'm gonna go one out of ten, dude. I think it's I think it's trash.
1: Yeah, for me it's a it's
0: <laughs> a it's a two point 2. two. Oh, you're generous. You like it twice as much as I did. plus some change. Uh just to be clear, it's out of ten. Two point two is not a good rating, everybody. Don't get confused. Don't get us wrong. No, it's it's real bad. Okay, well, once again, you have been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you get the chance to see Army of the Dead um and you want to let us know if you agree with us or perhaps you disagree with us please get in touch find us on social media like we said at fresh hop cinema or like johnny said send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com or just head to our website freshhopcinema.com for film reviews beer reviews and podcast episodes again dating all the way back to 2016 to all of our listeners on kzfr the full-length version of today's conversation will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m wherever quality podcasts are found and to all of our podcast listeners, we'll be right back after this with The Danger Zone. Danger, Danger, Zone,
1: Zone, Danger Zone. Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Ah. Danger
0: Zone. Welcome to The Danger Zone. We're going to talk spoilers for Army of the Dead. Again, it is streaming on Netflix or perhaps in a theater near you if a theater near you is open these days. We're going to talk about it like we've all seen it. We're not concerned about spoiling anything. Uh, so brace yourselves if you haven't seen it. And if you have, you know, here we go. Johnny you here's my thing this is the thing i want to start with and we can work our way back if you want all right you're on record many a time saying i love movies where everyone dies in the end now i have found myself at a bit of a cognitive dissonance point because everyone dies in this movie at the end by the end rather um Mm -hmm. and you don't like it
1: i simply did not care yeah (laughs) okay the thing is like i have to care if the characters die At, at the end of this movie i was like Will it just fucking end? Okay, fine. They're dead. Can it end? And then it didn't end when when Batista died. It just kept going. It just kept going, Max. It kept going and going and going like a zombie just crawling at me. Just terrible. Um, My first question is how stoked are you that we didn't go to the theater to see this? Sometimes I wonder if a shitty movie is better in
0: a theater. And I think that there is the power of the cinema to do that for some films. Now, I don't think – let me rephrase – I think that I would have enjoyed my experience watching it more in a theater with like you or with friends. Like this is what I had to do was watch this on a Tuesday after six to seven hours of really intense manual labor alone on the couch. And that is not when you want to watch this movie,
1: you know? No. Like if nothing else, it would have been good to enjoy this with like a shared misery. Totally. uh, Together, you know, like you're not, at least we would have gone through this experience together and we could have just been like, well, fuck, you want to get drunk? Dude. And that's the other thing. Like you told me to like, well, just have a
0: beer. And then I hung up after saying yes. And then I realized I didn't have uh, beers at my house. What I did have were Costco frozen vodka popsicles, Hell so, yeah. which is kind of depressing in itself. Like I'm drinking or, you know, slurping on those alone, just watching this shitty movie. Like it's, <laughs> a, I mean, I was sitting, this isn't relevant now. This is, but I'm not going to say it later. So I was sitting uh, at an outdoor patio bar this past week. And I was just sitting there waiting for a friend to come out. Cause he was inside getting a pitcher of beer and I was just mm-hmm. sitting there like kind of looking around, like I wasn't on my phone. So I was just sitting alone. And some dude drives up. Like, I think he saw me looking pathetic and he just leans out his window and goes, Hey man, Jesus loves you. I was like, do I look that oh, wow. like that, you know, morose that you like, just give me a little spirit of the Lord in there. Like, I think I needed that at the moment.
1: Damn dude. And it wasn't like a funny
0: haha! No, he was like it was it was like my brother, I'm looking out for you and Jesus loves you. If I was smart or quick, I would have been like, This I know, but I didn't. I just was that, like, all right. And he was gone. He just drove
1: off. Man, that's why it's <laughs> hard for me to go drink at bars by myself. Because people tell you Jesus loves you. <laughs> well, I mean, if they did, that would make it even harder, but sure. also that might get make it funny for me. Yeah, no, yeah. just that feeling of like, wow, this is kind of lame. Like you know, I mean, is it better than drinking at home by yourself? Perhaps. Well, it's, it's sort of if a tree falls situation, like if nobody
0: drinks you, good God, if nobody sees you at home drinking alone, did it really does, happen?
1: It, does it count? Does exactly. it count?
0: And if you're out at a bar and people see you, it's like, well, there's documentation probably.
1: Yeah, but also, you know, we live in a world where, oh, we're going craft beer tasting, like got to try the new stuff on tap and maybe he's just out meeting someone. Yes. You know? Not a I problem. Know. It's a passion. Like, I think maybe that's like a COVID side effect because maybe. I love going to the movies by myself. I'm oh, like the best. now it's like, I would so much rather go with people, but then I went with yes. people a few times and now I'm like, okay, I hate people. So okay. I'm by, my, <laughs> by myself is fine. We can, yeah, we can keep yeah. doing that. But I don't know, man, I think it would definitely have been better at least like I had Shalina here and, it was better because we got to like bounce stuff off of each other and like, yes, take a pause because it was like four hours long when we had to. like, I think I showered in the middle of this because I'm like, dude, we need to like, just, go did you pause it? Did, did you just let it run? <laughs> no, I paused okay. it. I watched the whole thing okay. I, I, and I didn't shower, but yeah, it felt like I could have, like, yeah, it was just such a slog, man. This is the perfect time to use that word uh, again. Yeah. And the payoff was non-existent. It was not a, a... Oh, yeah. Fuck you for saying that. When you dropped off beers, I had like an hour left, or 45 minutes
0: left of the movie. And you were like, wait for the payoff. And I thought, maybe there's a glimmer of hope. <laughs> and and then in my brain, I also thought, like, maybe he's lying to me. <laughs> that seems like that would make more sense with this movie.
1: So. Turns out I was. Yeah. Fair. Well, I wasn't. I did say wait for the payoff because that's what you do. Well, that's true. And it just never
0: comes. So back to my sort of original question about people all dying by the end. The movie could have ended, like you said, when, of course, Dave Bautista has the final sort of head-to-head fight with the main zombie guy, Shamblers, yeah. they started, with, actually, those guys were alphas. The Shamblers were kind of the, whatever, the standard zombies we all know and love. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a cast system here, guys. Yes, very sophisticated. Um, Anyways, he gets bit, has to die. Daughter shoots him, very poetic. He had to shoot her mom, sort of thing. But the movie could have ended there. As far as we know, everything is resolved. Um, but it doesn't, it goes on and we see that our friend played by, uh, Amari Hardwick, whose character was named Vander Ho spelled weirdly, um, has survived. He got locked into, uh, the safe that was cracked by Dieter, who again, Johnny was played by what actor? Matthias Schweighöfer. That's really good. That's great. I, just, I could hear you listen. I could just listen to you say that all day. Um which was also kind of a really nice like closure. I was like, okay, well Dieter has sacrificed himself for the many times that Vanderhoe has saved his life. Great. We find out after the nuke has gone off in Las Vegas, I guess radiation poisoning isn't a thing here because Vanderhoe rises from the ashes, climbs out of the safe with bags of money, boards a plane. And we're like, Oh, like one guy has lived. And then whatever we find out he's been bit. Also, he's the last thing he says, is, like looks in the mirror at himself in the airplane toilet. And is like, Fuck, and then it just cuts to black. It's like, what's the? Why do we do this? What's the point?
1: Is Zack Snyder trying to get another Army of the Dead movie? Well, that's the thing, yeah. Uh, which also doesn't really make
0: sense because, as far as I know, that him being the last one that was bit that makes everyone every zombie dead, right? Like they're all in there, and now they've been nuked, so they should all be dead.
1: Yeah, and but now there's him, and now is he going to make more zombies? No, he's
0: going to die. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like they're on a plane. Like I can't imagine. The pilot gets bit and then is like, "I have enough sense to land this plane as a zombie." Like, I think it's it's gonna crash.
1: All right, so check it out. Here's what happens: Vanderho bites the <laughs> two man. the two blonde stewardesses, yeah, stu- flight attendants, stewardesses, yep. and they lock the cabin because obviously crazy shit's happening oh. in the back. Nine eleven, okay. lock the vault, land the plane, and um, wait, what vault? The 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 cockpit vault because 911 um. you know you have to be able to lock oh, that I, you're shit saying now.
0: you're saying that the 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 captains now aware of some crazy shit happening under under the guys because 911 has happened they're like oh our plane might be being hijacked they lock it land it
1: well either that or he looks back and there's someone eating his stewardess's faces off sure that would do Then it. he's like right, shut the door hey steve do you care if i lock the door there's a zombie back there you go for it, Bill. All right, and cool. We're yeah. gonna go ahead. Still head to Albuquerque now, and then the next one is Army of the Dead Two, Albuquerque, Albuquerque. like Albuquerque Rising. The stakes stars. are even lower this time. But this, <laughs> but this time, Zack Snyder stars in it. Oh my god, yeah, and he's also still directing. Like you, like the
0: commentary is like, okay, and then I told myself to do this, and then my assistant, also me, I said, get me a beer. Yeah, I got myself a <laughs> latte. And it sucked, and I knocked it out of my own hand. And, like, the second one is just a commentary on,
1: like, multiple personality disorder. They just call it Split 3 or something. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Snyder edition. Or it's just called Army of, the, Army of the Dead 2, the Snyder emotional cut. Yeah, like, good God, man. Yeah. Um, you got anything else on this? Man, it was rough. It was rough. It was rough. I wanted to love it, and I didn't, and it sucked. And that sucks because it was a really dope, high budget potential blockbuster hit of a zombie movie. Yes, that don't happen often. I don't get those, man. Not since like Zombieland or World War Z with Brad Pitt. Was like that good? You, I don't really remember that movie. It was pretty cool. It was. Okay. It was pretty cool. You're just putting I, it up there in the same sentence with Zombieland, so I, I assume it's really good. Yeah, I love Zombieland, but like, right. but World War Z was all serious there was no Uh humor Uh it was like and i liked that about it like it stayed in a lane it had a vision because i mean with zombie movies it's all about universe building and like what kind of zombies are there like what are the rules yeah why did did this happen
0: like what what by the way they did not spend nearly enough time exploring that in that first dry 45 minutes like god that opening scene was terrible it's like this army convoy driving down the road And then there's like a newly married couple in Vegas that after getting a little hot and heavy in the car while driving crash into the thing. And we're just like, well, there's a zombie that came out of there. Give me, I don't really care, but like, I would have liked some backstory for like, what, this is what the government's hiding in area 51. Like they've made a zombie. I don't, how did the zombie, what happened? Like, is it a virus? Aliens? Yeah. Are they aliens? Is this movie a ripoff of the movie aliens? Who
1: knows? It's uh, many questions. Well, yeah. And it's like, if you're going to take that much time to get into the meat of a movie, it should give us a little bit more than the nothing that it gave us. Dude.
0: Yeah. Can I also say like during not quite the character montage building, like we haven't necessarily, I don't think we've met the uh, Dave Batista character yet, but there's a moment where um, I think it's Maria. She's in this refugee camp and she's talking with um, who we then learn is, is Scott Ward's daughter, Kate played by Ella Purnell. And she says something like Maria does like, uh, Oh my God. She said something like, okay, Hey, if something happens to me in the next few days, I need you to make sure that my kids get out of here. And then, um, whatever girls like, what do you mean? What's going to happen? And then this is so stupid that I'm explaining this whole thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She points to Blondie in the corner and she's like, you know who that is, right? It's coyote. Uh, daughter's like, No, no way. You can't do it. It's not an option. And then Maria goes on to explain who she is as if other gals are like, no, I don't know who she is, but clearly she did. It's like this sort of like heavy handed exposition in that entire first 45 minutes. Like we didn't need any of it.
1: Yeah, it was super frustrating and it made me fall asleep the first time I tried to watch this. It was like I said, I tried to watch this a little drunk on Friday night the night it came out. Terrible drunk zombie movie, dude. Oh yeah, and then like Kate
0: Ella Purnell, his daughter or whatever, they have this confrontation with with Shades from Luke Cage or whatever, and she's like f- like arguing with him, which is so dumb because he's clearly like a, a hot head gonna get you killed on any second if you say one bad thing to him. He's a huge dick, and she's yeah, he's like the Scott Eastwood with him. of this movie. First, I was just thinking that when I was watching, like pfft, another loose cannon in this heist movie. All right, sure. Right. Um, but whatever, like she's clearly arguing with him. This is the same woman arguing with the security guard that previously Marie had been like, Hey, make sure my kids are taken care of. And then moments after she has this conversation, she turns to Maria and goes, I just need you to promise me you're not going to do anything stupid. It's not worth the risk. I'm like, you just did something stupid. And this, you're the person that she's going to trust her kids with. And now you're criticizing her for being st-? I don't get it. Like, I don't understand anybody in this movie,
1: even a little. Yeah, I've seen this movie, and I really don't remember what you're talking about, so that's how much of an impact it had. Yeah, it's it's just so much exposition and stupidity, and it made no sense. Most of this movie just made no sense. I feel Uh, like that's the bottom line here. On
0: on the note of world building, you said, like, yes, and on the note of... Like, you need world building in a zombie movie, for sure. In a heist movie, you need the montage interacting, and the stupid thing about these rangefinder lenses that he had adapted, custom for this movie is that it takes away any sense of space. Like literally I I would say 90% of this, all you can see is the tiny bit of foreground that is in focus. Yeah. And I have no sense of, of this post-apocalyptic Las Vegas. Like I want to see the characters interacting and like what this refugee camp looks like, but it's these close, not even close ups all the time, but like blurry wide shots. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what am I looking at? You know?
1: Yeah. Frustrating. It was like you're trying to paint your Mona Lisa and, and it ended up being like a child's finger painting. Yeah. It's like you picked up crayons.
0: Just like, yeah. Yeah, so this
1: feels good. Yeah. And you expect more out of someone with a pedigree like Zack Snyder. Do you?
0: I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know if I
1: do anymore. It, anymore. Exactly. Like you did like 300 was dope, but I think he peaked
0: 300. He married himself to the graphic novel aesthetic. Yeah. And it worked because it was shot basically, again, God, the slow motion in that movie. Like, it worked because it was adapted basically frame for frame, comic frame for frame, into that movie. And that was great. But, like, you do stuff in the real world and it's just, like, it doesn't translate.
1: No, it really doesn't, man. Watchmen was, was very good. That was him. Okay. Also a comic adaptation. Yeah. So, uh, but then you have uh, the Justice League. <laughs> That's true. Also, a comic adaptation, not very good. Yeah. So it was fine. The Snyder cut was way better, but also it was four fucking hours long. Yeah. Yes. Four. Yes. Yeah. It's too long. Max, what does a movie have to do to merit being four hours long in your mind? Uh, you're bringing up the Lord of the Rings question, basically. Well, n- n- I mean, extended cuts, a single movie was four hours, but those were three each. Yeah, like we, we're,
0: we're counting We're counting the extended cut of Justice League. You're talking about that, which is the Zack Snyder cut. Call it what you will, but it's an extended cut. So if we're talking okay. director's cuts, which is what that is, why not call it a sure. director's cut, by the way, you pretentious bastard. Just call it the director's cut, like everybody else does. Don't call it the Zack Snyder cut, whatever. Actually, in that case, it makes sense, because there were two directors. To answer your question, it needs to be a good movie. There needs to be enough to care about, and you need to build the world. You use that time to build worlds, not lay out exposition over the course of an entire act of that film.
1: I'm going to take that one step further and say it it needs to be a great movie. Fair enough. Not just good. You don't get four hours on pretty good. I agreed. You have to be fantastic, life-changing, genre-altering, eye-opening, cinematically groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, Damn near perfection. Yeah,
0: you need to be Lord of the Rings or Malcolm X or others that I could probably Google if I wanted to, but I think those two give a pretty wide spectrum of the quality of movies that can be
1: made for three and a half, four hours. Yeah, and I don't know. The Snyder Cut didn't do it for me. It was dope, but it wasn't life-changing, and it was just simply too long. Way too long. Like, I think I took a couple power naps during the slow motion (laughs) scenes.
0: You can, and you can wake up and miss not much. Oh, he ran
1: three feet. Oh, shit. Yeah, great. All right, I'll see
0: you in another 10. All right, I'm gonna throw up if I have to keep talking about this movie. Okay, again, we've been talking about Army of the Dead. Let us know what you think. We do, if you just wanna take an email and just talk crap about it, great, send it our way. If you just wanna tell us why we're wrong, I, I would love to see a counter-argument. I don't, think, I don't think there is one. So if you're the person that has one, please let us know. But in the meantime, Johnny Summers, you think time for beer number two? Oh, God, yes. All right, man, uh, what are we drinking next? Without end... Oh, is the, it a beer? Uh, is, that a movie,
1: is it a beer related to the movie we just talked about? Uh, that movie felt that it was Without <laughs> End. This beer is aptly named Without End. I'm sorry, last thing. Army
0: of the Dead felt somehow longer than the Snyder Cut while I was watching it. <laughs> Which is absurd, because again,
1: yeah, like you're saying, like it's four hours long. Two and a half hours felt like five. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, without End is a hazy IPA, once again, from Bike Dog Brewing out of Sacramento, California. Like I said, Hazy IPA. This one is also 7%. This is going to be a fun comparison. That's why I thought these Mm -hmm. two would be really nice to sit next to each other. West Coast and a Hazy, both 7%. Same brewery, both very fresh. Uh, I think you can't ask for much more. Sure. So, as a species, we must always strive for more. We must push through into the void, bravely facing adversity on our travels, just like Max watching this movie today. Thank you. We must always live without end for today, for tomorrow, for our ancestors, for the future generations. But today, we drink. Prost. Prost.
0: Prost. Prost. I don't, is that, we're so stupid. Do you know Prost. what language that is? <laughs> uh, it's German. For it is? Yeah. All right, good. Um, okay, so predictions, uh, my predictions for you is that you're going to like this less. The style you don't love as much but I think you will still like it. I've had a sip because my can was so full when I opened it, which is not a complaint. Um, but I just had to sip it off the top and immediately it was much more bitter than I expected. So have you tried it yet?
1: I have not. I was waiting to, to get through reading it. To stop speaking. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Well in that case I'm pouring mine into my glass and it's not also as orange as I thought it almost just looks like, um, let's see. It's kind of like a, a, murky yellow, like a little bit darker than a straw pale color but not nearly on the level of something like uh, a Julius or many new glory hazies. It's definitely more on the, on the, on the
1: yellow side, at least a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of a muddled yellow.
0: Yeah. Um, but it looks good. I'm also, by the way, I don't thank you for this enough, but a long time ago, I broke my, my Spiegelau, also German, uh, IPA glass, which is the one with the little riblets on the bottom. And it kind of opens up into an almost tulip shape and it tapers off in a really thin glass at the top and mine broke. And you've lent me yours because you had a couple and mm-hmm. it's my favorite thing to drink beer out of when it comes to IPAs. And so thank you for letting me borrow it. And I haven't used it in oh. a long time. So I washed it today for this and it's going great.
1: Absolutely. The, uh, the vessel is sometimes as important, as important as the liquid. That's why I'm drinking mine out of a mason jar. Oh my God, are you savage. You drink out of a mason
0: jar? I don't give a heck, man. man. Good for you. Way to live. I do what I want. This is our
1: show. We do it when we
0: want, <laughs> and how we want i was just drinking mine out of an old coffee mug I used this morning. This, this beer God, tastes fo- bitter. F- Folgers can I dug <laughs> up from the yard. Yeah, you just pour the beer in there and let the grounds marinate for a while? Absolutely. I'm making cold brew beer. Have you tasted it
1: now, surely? I you have. Okay, what you got? I like it, man. It's, it's definitely less strong on the haze and the sweetness is a lot of beers in this category. I definitely am getting a nice balance between the bitterness and the dryness with that juicy sweetness. It's it's still present, but it's not overpowering. I think for me this beer is uh, is palatable. I think for me a really well-done hazy IPA just kind of starts out at like a 68 like by default. Like if it's just an average hazy I, it's immediately okay it starts at a 68
0: is that are you it, saying that is like it's a higher number or like a low number like what what's an
1: average west coast IPA for you what does that start at an average west coast is like a seven, one. okay so slightly higher but still higher but still higher okay. yeah just and that's in my, my my brain the way my noggin works that's just that's where it starts for me and if it's terrible it's like immediately plummeting below that and if it's just fine i think that's that's my like my real just average, okay, everyday drinking number. Okay. So yeah. So I think for me, all hazy IPAs start out as like a six eight and then they either go below that or shock me and go above that. Are you shocked right now? I don't think I'm shocked. Yeah. Okay. I think it's fine. I like the Melanie notes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will say it's more enjoyable than than most that I do and that we try on the show. I think one is going to be freshness and two is hop presence for me. Uh, I really like the recipe of this beer. I think it's, it's tailored for my drinking sensibilities. I like this beer. It's, it's definitely to my taste when it comes to this style. Um, is it life changing? Is it something brand new? Is it blowing my mind? No, but it's good. It's solid. I'd say it's probably a little bit above average. Like I said, I like the melony notes to it. I like the dry finish. I like a little bit of a hop bite. Um, Pretty good, pretty well-balanced, well-made. I think it's pretty
0: solid. For anyone interested, the hops in this particular beer are Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic. And I'm developing this theory that I do not like when Mosaic is in hazy beers. I love it in a West Coast, but if it's a New England style IPA, I think it hurts the beer's rating in my brain. And part of the reason for that is there's this thing that happens where the beer is sweet, and like definitely that Melanie stuff you're talking about up front, but there's a heat that happens, and it mm-hmm. doesn't translate in my brain necessarily to bitterness. It, it translates to heat. And it's the back of my throat, and it feels like there's this alcohol burn coming after the fact of me drinking. And I, it's just this weird, like, it just doesn't match up in my brain. It always throws me off, and I'm pretty sure the mosaic is the culprit almost every time. Interesting. So for me, this is uh, below average, certainly for hazies.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: But maybe people don't mind that. Maybe people don't even experience that. Maybe that's just a thing for my palate. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like it enough. Like I'll, I'll keep drinking it. It's, it's tasty. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not great in my book.
1: So I really, the more I drink this, the more I think I could probably drink this whole can, which is mm-hmm. out of character for me with the style. It's mm-hmm. very honeydew melon adjacent, yes. which I really like. It tastes really just kind of fresh and it's sweet and and fruity but in like kind of a fresh melon way that I think is very unique and oddly kind of refreshing and enjoyable. I
0: think it's kind of nice. There's this like poetic sort of universal balance of you and I. It makes sense that I would like this less than you. And, and I even borderlining <laughs> disliking it because like I really like the characteristics of a lot of hazy beers that you, I would say, despise. Mm hmm. And and the fact that you like this as much as you're beginning to is like yeah I feel better about not liking it because I just think we have opposite palates when it comes to hazy beers.
1: Yeah, you're like oh
0: yeah okay this makes sense. There's some confirmation for you. Yeah, the good news to listeners is that we are not universally agreeing. This is a bad beer. I love that. Like this is just a, this is a preferential thing which I think uh, listeners can benefit from if they are long time listeners. Like I like to think that some people know that they align with one or the other of us when it comes to movies
1: or beers. Yeah. Uh,
0: Although I guess I was, most of the time we agree on, on
1: movies lately. Okay, secret time. Nobody's listening, right? Great story. I was getting a haircut from Chris Gomez like two weeks ago, three nice. weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, he's listens to the show. and he, he's patron like, shout, That's a patron shout-out is what that that's is. It's a patron shout-out. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Also, the the official Fresh Hot Barber, he keeps both of us looking <laughs> fresh to death. That's true, man. So he's cutting my hair and he's like, man, I'm, I've been loving the show, listening oh. to the episodes, but like... I never realized. He tells me, he says, I yeah. never realized we disagree on like everything. Was he? did, when, you, it, did when, you it, when it comes, when it comes to beer, I'm like, wow, yeah. And he's like, yeah, dude. Like, no, that makes sense. Ni- like, ninety percent of the episodes, I agree more <laughs> with Max than you.
0: Yes, I don't know why I'm counting that as a win for me. Like, it's so subjective and it shouldn't
1: matter, but I'm taking a point for that. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. I'm like. That's awesome, though, because that means when we drink beer together, we have shit to talk about. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's not just an echo chamber of, like, a stroking beer. It's like, well, no, I don't like that, and here's why, and I think you're wrong. But also, like, if you like it, that's awesome. But I think having differing opinions is really important, and the ability to discuss them civilly is really important in all things when it comes to... Yeah, everything. I mean, like, literally everything, from beer. everything, yeah to every issue in your life i think being able to have civil discussions about disagreements is like the only way anything's ever gotten done in this country so and it's definitely the only way this podcast has lasted as long as it is is us just disagreeing if, if yeah, every for sure, episode dude. was just us saying the exact same thing like it was that guy that came in to talk about the lighthouse i just you? told you this because we you you have zero, zero listeners <laughs> yeah they're
0: <laughs> back like you get a point for that one that's fair if nick land is like i, I like it better yeah, like that's your point. But
1: Gomez is my point in this context. I mean, that's fair. I think so. And I'm not keeping score, but I think <laughs> it's great. And like, you know, I love it that a patron and a friend was like honest enough to be like, it's awesome that you put your opinions out there. And I think it's hilarious that I disagree with all of them. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's badass. Let's keep this going. Let's let's disagree more. Yeah, I love dude. It.
0: What, was it just, was it most, because I know he's a big, he's a big hazy IPA guy. Um, Was there anything else? This is, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, good. i don't really recall i think it was mainly okay. that just yeah. like that i've kind of not a, as big of a fan of that style as i used to be and i've just kind of my palettes grown away from that but it was just in general and it was a, a really fun feedback to get totally yeah i gotta get a haircut that's what that reminded me of um so so do i i was gonna hit him up this last weekend but he was his out of town for his birthday oh yeah so.
0: yeah nice oh yeah
1: yeah he's he's 40 good for the him way. good for that he's guy. old. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Old curmudgeon. Um, okay, as as this tangent has seemed, let's get back to without end,
1: shall we? Ah, uh, yep. The spear's uh, pretty good, man. I think I'm gonna rate it.
0: Okay, I'm gonna take one more sip while you discuss your rating, if that's okay. It's a seven-one. Okay. Any any final thoughts on it? Any any justification for the seven-one?
1: Uh, it's it's above average for a hazy IPA mm-hmm. for me. It. It's a solid 7-1. Like, if you know me, you know that that's a really good rating for this beer. It's refreshing. I love the melony notes. That's, like, my favorite mm-hmm. thing about this beer is it. I've been on a real big fresh fruit kick lately. I've been getting, like, the, the pre-cut, like, melon bowls and fresh fruit things from local net. You buy the, the pre-cut? Net. Yeah, dude. Oh, you're fancy. Just, just give me a fork. Let me go. Yeah, like, fair. You know, you can be healthy, and you can be lazy, and <laughs> I and I am that. Yeah, nice. So yeah, I love the melon bowl and, uh, this has strong melon bowl notes to me and, and I'm digging it. I think it's, I don't know if I would drink it again, but I wouldn't, Ah, uh, I wouldn't not drink it again. So that, that means, ain't not,
0: uh, well, you you know? Know? Uh, look, if you're throwing out a seven, one, I think, and I'm just basing this off of what you've said over the past couple of years, I think your seven, one is usually a drink again kind of beer.
1: Yeah. It's safe to say
0: I would drink this again.
1: Okay. I think that's fair. Okay.
0: I think I think it's fine. I think this beer's fine. You know, this is this is a great time. I haven't said this. It's just fine. It's perfect. It's a five. It's perfect in the middle. It's fine. I'd drink it again. Sure. Why not? I wouldn't buy it, definitely. And if it were next to our first beer in a cooler, I would grab the first beer.
1: I think so a hundred percent me as well. Yeah. I mean, our first beer was an eight one for me, a seven for you. Like that's those those are big numbers.
0: Yeah, for sure. Although yeah like a pretty big difference um you know, between a five and a seven for me. like I like it quite a bit more you're you're close, you're a point away. I'm two points away between the two beers. Mm-hmm. that's a big difference. Yeah. Five
1: to seven is huge. It really is that's 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 a grand canyon of beer, yeah, yeah, all right. well, you got anything else on without end from bike dog? No, I think let's just overall like put a wrap on the on the brewery. hopefully they share some of our stuff on social media. I like. This brewery, I think it's going to be worth a visit. Yes. I think it'd be fun to go together, maybe because neither of us have been there. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, also, if you're in Chico, I would say keep Bike Dog on your radar. These yeah. beers both came from Spike's Bottle Shop this week. They were both about four bucks a can. Oh, which is that's a abs- great deal. It's absurd for have- a beer this this good, this fresh. We haven't didn't ask me it's sixteen. So we didn't touch on it. Yeah, it's yeah sixteen ounces. 16, so we should say sixteen that. ounce cans. But uh, yeah, if you're in Chico, keep it on your radar. Pick it up. I'm sure it's available other places, but these beers came from Kevin at Spike's Bottle Shop. So thanks for making some solid beers. And we are putting Bike Dog to bed. Let's go into Hot and Bother. What do you think? Do the sound thing. Hot and
0: bother. Okay, I got a couple things. Um, I think I see two on your list. Do you feel good about those two? Just I like feel that's, great about that's, those your, two. that's your number? You feel good? That's the, That's yeah. the final count? Yeah, why? I just want to know because I was going to trade off, but I have more things than you. So I'm going to throw it to you first. And I have to know why the fuck King Arthur Legend of the Sword, filmed by Guy Ritchie that we've already covered on this show, kind of. Uh, I don't fully remember that conversation, but that was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was episode 32. Um, I can't
1: 32. correct you. 32. I don't remember.
0: 5 or whatever. Um, anyways, why is this, why are we talking about this in 2021? <laughs> <laughs> why Why has this come from the grave and haunted us now? Or maybe just me. Well, maybe you liked it on a second viewing. I assume that's what this is. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Why? Uh, after. No, tell me why first. I need to know why you watched this. You after, didn't like I'm it. Going, I'm trying
1: to. Tell uh, me tell now. You. Okay. <laughs> after <laughs> the last week's episode of mm-hmm. Wrath of Man and basically using 80% of his back catalog against him. Uh it felt due to revisit maybe one of the movies in his more recent repertoire that I disliked from what I remembered. Guy Ritchie. Uh, And that is Guy Ritchie, obviously. So I I decided I took this last Friday off, just kind of a mental health day, which meant I slept in, I curled up on the couch with a blankie, and I just had the house to myself and I said, I'm going to watch whatever fucking movie I want to watch. In the universe, and this one came to my head. Tracked it down and watched it. Okay. Um, and gave it gave it its due. Gave it a full full rewatch, and I don't really remember our first conversation. I think we were both pretty close to blacked out. We talked we about it on the podcast. The out. first no, time. you're
0: misremembering, and I can tell you why if you want to know. You were blacked out for. I sure. wasn't. Listen, my friend. Let me give you because I'm now I'm being put on the spot, so I got to defend myself. We did this first episode, the first like our real episode, and this is where the okay. point five came from. We did the episode, we did beers, and we did the movie, and I we did normal stuff. But what happened after is that we did a tasting of every beer in the new Sierra Nevada 12 pack beer, uh, beer camp across the world. I think is what it was. Oh, um, that's right. Now we drank by like- the end of that night, I was yep. I well, it doesn't matter. You got to be on Patreon to find out what happened, but. That is the, that's what you're referring to. I was fully aware of the King Arthur legend of the sword conversation and I but thought it sucked.
1: But isn't that whole thing out as regular episode too?
0: No, not the end of it. We put out, we put out, I think 20 minutes as like a teaser. Like, Hey, if you like this conversation, you want to oh, hear, no. Oh, you know what it was? It was, if you liked our discussion of the first four beers, join us on Patreon to hear our reviews of
1: the final eight. Is what it was, bro. That was one of the most legendary nights we've ever had. You threw up while we were recording.
0: Looking, that's the that's look, man. You can't say that because that's the, what's going to get people. Like that's the that's the big plot twist of that episode. So now people know it and they're not going to listen.
1: Bro, that was like three years ago. <laughs> I think it was longer than that. And it was a while, maybe, yeah. I didn't yeah, feel good so, about that. I felt great about it. I think it's one of the most awesome thing that's ever happened. <gasps> uh, but that, because there was like a four loco there just for fun. With the 12 beers. that's a weird word. You know what happened is
0: like Shalina was over that night and it was John and Shalina. And like you and I had a lot of quote unquote work to do that. Like we had to catch up on obviously notes and Patreon and the main episode. And then they were like sitting out there and we're like, yo, we should all just do this together. And then I remember specifically, there was like a shot of vodka that happened. Then the four local, it was wild. It was a terrible, terrible night for me, more so a terrible morning. But I think subconsciously I'm probably tying that in King Arthur Legend of the Sword so put me at ease if you can tell me the movie was better than I remember it
1: surprise um, me. I think I think the movie was much better than you remembered it I went into it basically with fresh eyes because we've watched so much content since then I didn't really remember it other than like a vague feeling of like I wasn't super stoked on it dude second watch it was pretty good man like it was like I wouldn't I'm gonna not gonna say real good, but I'm gonna say like it was pretty good. It was solid. It wasn't bad. And I think that's what we're hung up on is the idea that this movie was bad. And I think that it was pretty good. So it had the snappy editing. Ugh, I think it had yeah. a lot more of the snappy, like snatch style dialogue. Um, in like kind of a high fantasy movie. Yeah. Uh, some of the humor kind of missed um but not in like a any weird way that was offensive or you know <laughs> yeah, super yeah, right, disparaging right, right, right. it just it just wasn't the best but it wasn't bad comedy objectively it was just not maybe the best fit it's not funny but like but for sure the special effects the story and the action of this movie and also i kind of forgot how good jude law was in that movie
0: yeah, I think as, he's
1: underappreciated in a lot of stuff. Like as the villain and like oh. Eric Bana was in this and like there's a lot of uh, good actors in this movie. I know. Um that I feel like it's worth another watch just if you're in the mood for kind of like a fast-paced slick talking action movie cuz honestly second watch, I enjoyed myself quite a bit. It had a nice pace to it that was so snappy that it just keeps you engaged the whole time especially when you put it up against something like an army of the dead where it was <sighs> just a trudge i mean yeah king arthur legend of the sword was like don't say sword <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh you know like a tight 90 that was just well put together so was it 90 I, minutes i think it was pretty pretty pretty
0: concise if i'm not mistaken i'll double check um, double check yeah that was man 2017 um my bro, okay. So, a couple things. Um, um, where's the runtime? Hundred, yeah, hundred. No, hundred is two hours long. Two hours and six minutes long.
1: Oh, okay, my bad.
0: And on my Letterbox, I didn't write a review, but I gave it one out of five stars. Damn, son. Now, I might be slightly misremembering, but there's no way that 2017 me missed the mark by that much. Like maybe it's a one and a half or two, but like it's not a.
1: I'm not gonna rewatch this movie. If I had to rate it on Letterbox right now, I'd give it like a two and a half that like purely fully middle of
0: the road, like a five out of 10. If you had to convert it. Yeah. Like if it's for me, if out of 10, I'm going
1: to give it like a 5.8 out of 10. Oh my God. It feels high.
0: Um, okay. I stand
1: by it, dude. I stand by it. Do you think you enjoyed it?
0: Do you think you're subconsciously bringing in your, um, your sub, you know, your, your, uh, your memory of thinking that you didn't like it. So like you were going in like, Oh man, this movie sucks. And then you're
1: like, Oh, it's actually not as shitty as I thought. Do you think that's part of it? No, I really did go in pretty neutral, man. I was like, I I don't remember, because like, I could say that, but it would be like, I couldn't, because I don't really remember why I thought it sucked. That's fair. So I didn't have specifics to grasp, so I really, and honestly, I barely remember the plot, so it was just really just kind of going in blind, man, and I I did enjoy it. I'm going to stand by that movie. I think it was pretty cool.
0: Did you just rewatch Your Highness, the David Gordon Green film from 2011, yeah. which is also a fantasy medieval kind of? Th- What's with you? You are, oh, you know you. Why why are you on this medieval kick?
1: It feels good. It feels right. Uh, I like high fantasy. There's not a lot of new movies coming out. Some, That's and and also they just put they just put Your Highness on Netflix.
0: It's a it bad movie, man. Like it's not good. Well, how was it? I guess what, what did you Your think Highness? Of? Yeah.
1: Oh, it was absolutely fucking stupid. Did you like watching it? it? You did. Yeah. It's a. Bad movie, but bad movies are fun sometimes if you know it's bad, and it knows it's bad. Like, Danny McBride, Danny McBride's all over that movie. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's the opposite of The Mitchells versus The Machines. It's the Danny McBride show.
1: Yeah, but I absolutely loved it just because it's fucking stupid, and it's like, it's so stupid it's funny. But I like terrible comedies that you would never watch in a million years, and that's that's one of them. So... Okay. that's my take, man. Guy Ritchie's right. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Not as shitty of a movie as Max thinks it is. Uh well, that's debatable. But I'm not revisiting it, so I guess they gotta take your word. Um, that's the You'll, that's the hey man,
0: you're gonna be on a plane <laughs> soon. No, I'm not 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 a chance. Mm. And uh, you know what? I'm a little offended. There's so many movies, and well, I'll tell you, there's a list on Letterboxd that I made, and it's a com combination of films that I've said you should watch that you haven't seen. And movies that you've told me you'll go back and watch. And the list, if anybody wants to follow me on Letterboxd at Max Minardi, the list is called Johnny's Broken Promises. And <laughs> it's a list of movies that you've told me you're gonna go back and watch. And
1: I forgot that that list exists.
0: Yeah, I'll so print awesome. it out on a poster for you. And this movie, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, is not on that <laughs> list. You know it is on that list? Uh, Little Women, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Only God Forgives, The Farewell, Pain and Glory, Color Out of Space, which you still haven't seen, The Bling Ring. The Nightingale, Captain Fantastic, with Viggo Mortensen, The Maltese Falcon. Watch any of those movies. Also,
1: aren't you stoked that I took my time and just rewatched a Guy Ritchie movie from 2017 that you hated?
0: That's what I'm bringing up, man. Like we talk we just whatever. Who cares? But I did it for I did it for you. Thank you so much. You really know how to drive me crazy. <laughs>
1: well, it was relevant to our discussion last week. I just thought we'd like, be
0: done talking about Guy Ritchie for a while. Like
1: I thought we. You did thought it. you thought you thought wrong because. Uh, dude, The Gentleman was a goddamn near perfect movie. And I'm like, I can't just be discrediting this guy's whole body of work. Like, it feels too easy. To I wasn't asking like, you to
0: discredit his whole body of work, just most of it,
1: yeah, just, which just we agreed on
0: last week. I don't know what happened in your brain besides having a Friday <laughs> off work where you're like, I'm gonna, I'm going to just, I'm going to, a day off for mental health in my brain is not, is basically watching anything but Guy Ritchie or perhaps Zack Snyder. It's like well, you took an anti-health mental mental health day.
1: Well, I think this just proves in my head, which kind of a sneaking thing that I knew, is that I like more of Guy Ritchie's movies than I don't.
0: I'd actually like to see that list, that Venn diagram. That's not a Venn diagram. It's just a you know two different like things. Like a pie chart. Sure. Because um, I don't think that's
1: true. I mean, Aladdin sucked. Sure. Wrath of Man sucked. Yep. There's Everything others. Everything else, I've been what? pretty
0: pretty on board for yeah, yes uh the Sherlock Holmes might be the tiebreaker those those movies might kind of be the make or break I,
1: I enjoyed all of those I I like the first one kind of I like yeah I like him with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law and like Robert Downey Jr.'s acting style plays really well off of Guy Ritchie's direction
0: yeah that's true because he's so quippy and fast like he's good at that exactly
1: kind of thing. it just fits like you know that's how that dude jokes around yeah. Like it just made sense to me so I really did like those same with Charlie Hunnam like it, yep. where he's good at that kind of thing. hundred percent. That's why you see uh, him recasting a lot of people. Like you see repeat castings on Guy Ritchie's part because yes. he finds that chemistry and kind of just bankrolls it. And we've talked way too much about Guy Ritchie again on this episode. God damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Let me get through what's going to be a quick breeze for me. Uh, and then we'll jump okay. back to your other thing here. Um egg on my face for thinking your, your two things were going to be quick.
1: I was a fool, bro. This is my moment in the hot, hot sun. Like hot and bothered is my shit, bro. Dude, this I was is when I do my own podcast. I was doing some
0: math. Yeah. I think most of the time when it comes to hot and bothered, like I say what I have to say in about three and a half minutes. And then <laughs> the last 25 minutes of the show is you just like <laughs> just talking about stuff. It took you this long to notice that too. I mean, like, like I had a sneaking suspicion, but it was like, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to do the, I'm going to crunch them. I'm going to crunch them numbers. And I was
1: right. Yeah, like you wonder why this is my favorite part of the show. I've never wondered. I understand.
0: Um, I've di- I've taken a deep dive into the world of quantum mechanics. And I promise I won't talk about this for too long. But it was inspired you, by revis- revisiting Tenet, actually, not Marvel. Oh, okay. And I, so I bought Tenet because I figured I'd watch it at least a couple more times. Because it's one of those movies that really intrigues my brain. Like I, I want to understand it. Because I think based on my faith in Christopher Nolan, like a lot of his movies, I'm sure he did his work. So I wanted to understand kind of the concepts behind what he built his film on. And I gotta tell you, quantum mechanics, wild. Um, there's a lot of, if anybody's interested, let me know. Um, I'll send you some links to some videos. But it, in the course of my hours, literally hours of listening to podcasts and videos, of like learning about kind of the basics of what the theories of quantum mechanics are built on, Tenet makes a lot more sense, which is super cool. Like, hmm. And even if you don't love Tenet, I know you don't, but it, like if you don't love Tenet, the idea of a sci-fi movie doing its research to be sci-fi accurate is super cool. That's pretty dope. I love that. Like I hate watching a science fiction movie where they're like everyone's standing dead still and they're like turning off the gravity and like things start floating. It's like why, what triggered that? Nothing bumped those. Like they shouldn't move. That's like that's a law of physics. It's not going to move unless something initiates that and it's not going to stop unless an equal force opposes it like that kind of stuff. It's like do your basic research. And Nolan did that and more in Tenet. It's so good. And I'm still wrapping my head around the actual laws of quantum mechanics, but it is fascinating and and so cool.
1: I feel like you could do a whole podcast just on quantum mechanics from your bro science knowledge of it. And I would listen to that podcast. No, you wouldn't. I would. I would to hear you explain it. I'm on board for that. (laughs) We could do that for bonus content today. Uh, max (laughs) minardi ted talk quantum (laughs) mechanics i'd have to
0: do quite a bit of research to be able to sound kind of smart but man it's wild the the quantum realm which is a thing props to you marvel is a thing it's real and the laws of physics on our normal life size scale they don't apply it's you can't think time is obviously the thing with tenant like it doesn't work the same it's not real time's not real I, by every every <laughs> understanding of quantum mechanics and how atoms function and how electrons move, time's not real <laughs> It's just not that's so cool. so tune into the next learning radio hour for that sometime anyways, I want to get that out of the way because that's
1: definitely to most people probably the most boring thing I have to talk about. If you ever do a TED talk on this podcast, you have to call it that gray Poupon.
0: the gray Poupon?
1: that gray poopon that TED talk. I don't know what you're referencing. It's, it's Kendrick Lamar. That's Kendrick. Yeah, must be new Kendrick. No, it's from Humble. It is. Yep.
0: Uh, I, like I don't think butterfly. those
1: words. I don't think those words are in the same verse. Okay, but it makes sense in my head. So I'm here for it. Let All me right. know when that that podcast comes out. I'll listen to it. Okay, great. We'll. I'll probably talk to you about it on on
0: Patreon and then that'll be it. Um, But enough about uh, space and particles and how stars move in time. Let's talk about something else. What else you got? I'd wish you'd bring it back to Earth, maybe even to the water. Oh, is that where this game takes place? Oh, you're going back to me. I was trying to pitch it to you for Mass Effect.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, I want to let you have the stage a little bit longer. I'll let you have the last word today.
0: Okay, great. Well, so a couple days ago, I had the urge to go kayaking. Now, if you live in Chico... Very few places to rent a kayak. There's a couple in Orland and like on the web or on the internet, like Orville, Lake Orville it has them, but they don't cause I called. So I ended up buying a kayak. You know, I
1: have three kayaks, right? Are you kidding me? I have told you many times, if you ever want to use a kayak, just come grab one. Okay. Cause I'm supposed to, this is sort of the end of the
0: story, but I'm supposed to drive to forest ranch tomorrow to get one from another patron shout out Raleigh. He has three of them and I was going to borrow it for a few weeks and then buy it from him. Oh, well, there you go. But I'd prefer to do that from you or at least borrow yours until you need it back because we live much closer than
1: he and I do. Yeah, totally. Or you do that and maybe you're into it and you do purchase one of your own. What do you need three kayaks for? Uh, I got tired of wanting to hang out with friends and them saying, you should come kayak with us. It's really fun. You bought guest kayaks? I, I bought a basically bought a guest kayak. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: When's the mm, last time good, you were
1: on it? Uh, I'm a great friend. Sure. I've never used it. It's the guest Sorry, kayak. Sorry, no. I mean, when's the last time you were kayaking? Uh, last summer. I haven't gone yet this year. Nice.
0: Okay. Well, I'm into it. I went the other day in Lake Orville, on Lake Orville. Um, and it was super fun, man. I would love to do it. I'm going to do it a lot more. I just wanted an ha-
1: excuse to get outside a little bit more. Bohemian Rhapsody, if you're into kayaking, I'm your guy. I can tell you some places you can launch it for free that are really cool. Man, let's talk. Let's talk off air. That'd let's, be great. Let's get into this. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, man, it was so fun and, and it kind of ties into where I'm going this Sunday. We're doing two episodes this week. Nobody will really know that, but I'd like to point it out cause we're working hard to deliver content to everybody. I'm going to be in Hawaii, uh, for a couple days beginning Sunday. So that'll be fun. Um, I'm hoping to get through my kayaking adventures over the next couple of days, like a pre-tan for the Hawaiian beach. It'll be fun. We're going for my mom's birthday. It's gonna be a blast.
1: Nice. Super stoked for you, man. That's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, unfortunately I also got a pre-tan today moving horse panels and, Uh, all sorts of stuff. We're kind of in a transitional process for where our horses are living. So as I sort of hinted at earlier, I did a lot of manual labor today. And my forearms hurt, my my body hurts right now. And it was partially (laughs) from that, it's partially from the kayaking I did yesterday. I'm very out of shape, Um, but it felt good, you know? So I came home and showered and washed all the mud off of my body, basically. It was dirt at the time, but became mud because of water. Um, And that's kind of been my, you know, past 27 hours.
1: Well, right on, man. You've been busy. I like it. You're moving. You're doing things. Yeah. Getting out there. You're getting out of your element. Yeah. Getting some water, a different element. Totally. Sure. Yeah, sure. Although
0: not really, because H2O is, is there's a big part of that in our body. So water
1: is kind That's of my fair. element anyways. You're getting back to what mostly you are.
0: Yeah, there it is. Um
1: I made you a liar. You're going to have the last word. What's the last thing in your hot and bothered list, man? Well, that's fine. The uh, The recent release and remaster of all three Mass Effect games that dropped on PS4 just came out, I believe, last weekend, and I am fully on board with it. A bunch of friends have been playing it, and I couldn't not be the one not, so I picked up Mass yep. Effect the Legendary Edition, which again is the remaster of 1, 2, and 3, so you get three full, giant video games for like 60 bucks, And I played Mass Effect at a time in my life originally when it was all about Call of Duty, first-person shooters, mm-hmm. fast-paced. I was just on a different level. Well, what is Mass Effect? Uh, basically, Skyrim in space, which is for people that don't play games as often as we do. So it's a big, giant, uh, story-driven role-playing game where you have a character, you can give them different attributes and build their skills up in different ways. And you actually have a team of people with you that you can build up their attributes. And Mass Effect is like being in a Star Trek movie. You have decisions to make constantly. It's very story and movie-driven. Like cutscenes? Um, no, like you're controlling the dialogue that your character says. Oh, I see what you mean. And the personality profile that you build actually affects the gameplay and the story. That's so cool.
0: Like I I feel like that's underappreciated. Like that's a such a neat idea.
1: Yeah. Like the different things you say get different reactions, and then you get different um paragon points in your skill sets for like the ways that you communicate. Like you can boost your intimidation by just being a dick where totally. you can it's like fable be persuasive yeah exactly much older. very but shalina brought fable. that up i loved fable yeah. shalina brought that up she's like oh so it's like fable in space totally. i'm like exactly uh but with laser weapons and zombie aliens it's pretty dope so it's like halo meets fable exactly it's hable hable yeah so that's been my trip i've been really getting into it and playing it when i can uh obviously just starting on the first one didn't play more than like 10 hours on the first one. And like nine hours were spent customizing your character. Honestly, it takes so long. <laughs> and then never played two or three. So really looking forward to like getting some some hours out of this game. Nice, so dude. So pretty, pretty stoked on Mass Effect. So while you're in Hawaii, we have a week off next week. I will be burning the midnight oil playing Mass Effect. I love it. I'd still somehow love to convince you to buy Breath of the Wild for the Nintendo Switch. As, we've talked about this yeah. multiple times. I know. I Have it, and I'm playing through it multiple. Why times? Why do you keep? Yeah, we've we just had this conversation on your couch in the garage. You're like, oh yeah, you. Well, that's because I wanted to show you. you yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Okay.
0: I, I guess I want to hear more about like the progress in the game that you've made. Like it's because you told
1: me you were pretty pretty early on. Yeah, it's fine. It's not super my cup of tea.
0: Yeah, but it's yeah, really
1: not. pretty, and it's fun, but. I see myself playing Mass Effect way more. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, but I'll keep you posted if I revisit it.
0: Okay, same with uh, same with uh, Borderlands, please.
1: Yeah, I am on hold. I cannot play Borderlands 3 Brian. again because I'm waiting on Brian yeah. McAllister, yeah. looking at you. As soon as he's done with his college classes, uh, he can have more free time. Uh, that's actually why I wasn't recording on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because that was like with his kids and stuff like those were the nights that he had free okay so we were actually hammering out borderlands three on monday and tuesday nights oh and my then God. i would yeah so i'd see a movie on the weekend play borderlands three for like four hours a night on monday tuesday and then okay. record with you on wednesday okay yeah because just
0: just to be clear like i mentioned like what do we record on tuesday and i'm pretty sure you were like my tuesdays are pretty like pretty stressful they're pretty packed right now like my schedule's pretty tight and you yeah. said it like like it was a work thing maybe or like a, like a stressful horrible thing and, and you're just playing video games with brian McAllister.
1: <laughs> yeah i was prioritizing what little time i had with him yeah, i got that in hindsight i probably could have just told you like these are the only nights i get to play it with brian sure. yeah so sorry next time i'll just do that because you of all people would understand that i mean it's borderlands well, great game
0: it is we need to get you a ps4 we can play together i know then we just i think we'd stop recording the show that's we just do that on every night like i'm yeah i'm free for sure Our podcast just streams on Twitch now. (laughs) Um, I got nothing else, man. All right, let's get out of here. This has been a long one. Okay, thank people and stuff, and I'm just going to drink this beer as you close us out.
1: Yeah, thanks to everyone, our patrons, our advertisers. Max, The show would not be possible without the undying love, support, compassion, and all-around fantasticness of one Bailey Minardi. Uh, Thanks again to all our patrons. Uh, Thanks to Max. I'm Johnny Summers. Be good to each other. Drink good beer, watch good movies. Said that out of order. Don't care, it's my sign off. Love you guys. Bye. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.